Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me per usual are my senior editor, Jude Seymour, and uh, my man-at-arms, in the He-Man sense, Brenda Becca-Linden, who's about to become another new daddy, what, three days? Yeah, three days. Oh, How's that going, son? Did you get your COVID test yet? Uh, we're going in for the COVID test tomorrow, so we're getting okay. the the big old, the big old swab up the up, up the nose. And they'll be uh, able to get results back in two days because I'm I'm hearing some places are taking like nine days. We are getting uh, obviously for the because there's surgery involved. We're getting fast tracked on it, um, and we found out uh, my brother-in-law got it a few weeks ago. The the old COVID test. And they let you know if you fail, and then they just sort of like if it's a non-positive. I guess the rumor is is they just sort of let you you hang in the wind. So that's great. <laughs> you must be psyched. <laughs> uh, no, I am psyched. This is the most exciting. I have a first place baseball team right now. Sports is back. Uh, Absolutely, Detroit back. baseball city. The, the Detroit baseball cats. They're back. They're winning, they're winning games. They're beating Cincinnati. They set a record for the most strikeouts in a in a series of baseball in history. And you still win the series. <laughs> you still win the series. It's like Cabrera. Cabrera was like channeling like the energy of Rob Deere. Yeah. <laughs> like I all I could think about was that uh, those early '90 Tigers teams with with you know like Inky and Deere, uh, and just all the strikeouts involved uh, with all those guys. But yeah, they you know they got a hold of one. They got a hold of one. <laughs> Fielder and uh, yeah. we tried Kurt Gibson. Yeah, I baseball's mean, was... back, and I have a kid. Everything's great. Everything's great. All right, well we got we got a, a pretty good show for you guys. I think lined up. Uh, the football gods kind of threw us a, a little bit of a softball on Friday, uh, so it, we're going to get to that here first. But I want to remind everybody to uh, please. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and uh, give a rating and uh, a review. Uh, all your reviews will be read on this show, uh, word for word, verbatim. And uh, I got a couple of those tonight, and, we, and they're both five-star reviews. You guys ready, ready to hear them? Yeah, please. All right, here we go. Uh, this one is from Good underscore Pain, a podcast that gets me through. This is a fan-centered podcast that is pure entertainment. As a former sports writer, I appreciate the other analytical pods out there that cover ND. But sometimes I just want to have a listen to something that adds some levity. This pod is like sitting in my favorite bar or hangout with friends just shooting the bull about the Irish. Keep up the great work and go Irish. Uh, that uh, Yeah, that sums us up pretty well. I, th- I think people are starting to get it now. I think they're, I think they're getting the, the whole mojo there, Jude. Yeah, definitely. I I think we we talked about this at the – maybe Brendan and I talk, talked about this or one of the past episodes we talked about this. And just 
it seems like people sort of get what we're all about. And I love it. I love it. It took me a while to understand it too. And I'm on the dang thing. So and that's why some episodes are pretty mellow Then you'll have the episodes where like I'm throwing earbuds across the room, screaming at Jude. It's, it's <laughs> maybe I accidentally <laughs> drank too much tequila that night. I don't know. <laughs> so it's got that vibe, but thanks again. Uh, they're good pain, uh, for your review. And, and now I got one. I think this is a little unprecedented for, for this show. Anyways, uh, I got a review from a Georgia fan. Uh, mm. Five stars, gentlemen, from Georgia is a verb, uh, which I, I guess that makes sense. You can Georgia. Uh, so <laughs> it says, thank God, have been looking all over for more shut down full cast back episodes. Spencer and Jason sound a bit different, but the audio hate is alive and well, and the humor stays pleasant, pleasantly sophomoric. Nice to relive some of the highlights of the 2017 season. Go dogs. So who are you? It's obviously after the uh, episode uh, we did last week with with uh, Ryan Nanny uh, at Celebrity Hot Tub. Uh, it, it, yeah, you know, it it does have a little little shutdown uh, feel to it, I, I suppose. So are you Spencer? Or are you Jason? Or am I Spencer? Am I J- who is who in this particular I, instance? Uh, I uh, am humble enough to not put myself in either shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I refuse to comment on that. But if, but if you were to pick, <laughs> I I would probably. That's I guess that's a good question. Between Spencer and Jason, I am probably more of a Jason in in this aspect in the in the internet aspect. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can get behind that. He, like he like he 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 managed things a lot for the Banner Society and for SB Nation College Football, and he was kind of like the driving. <laughs> kind of, you know, trying to get people to get their shit done and stuff like that. Um, I don't, you know. Is he know. also the one who tells you how many beers you have for each home improvement project on uh, Twitter? Is that Jason or no? Or am I thinking somebody else? I don't else? think so, but, but I could be uh, wrong on that one. Oh, that's okay. That, sounds like, a, that sounds like a good thing to do. Somebody I, somebody I follow tells you how many, basically how many beers, like they, they tweet at him and, and just say, Hey, I got to put together like an Ikea bookshelf today. And he's like, oh man, that's like a seven year project. project. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have brought down in the kitchen. Better buy a dirty 30 or red dog. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have or love a Buffalo. I mean, I'll eat Buffalo. So I, 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 there's just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put myself there. (laughs) I don't know. All right. Well, tonight we're going to get into something like Friday. Uh, I, I guess we can start seeing reports now. There, I guess Matt Freeman uh, had uh, reported at Thursday night. I, I don't know. Someone was got pretty touchy on on the the old Twitter machine there about who said what first. Uh, but to me, I didn't really care because uh, several reports came out about uh, about one of the options for the 2020 season moving forward and. One that was the ACC was going through was a 10 plus one, which means 10 conference games plus one out of conference game. Um, and that included Notre Dame as part of the conference schedule, as well as allowing Notre Dame to play in the conference championship game. That was the that that was one of the routes that w- they said was picking up the most steam it was, you know, seemed like it was heading in that direction, uh, which we all handled it. I think with grace and class and a level of mature, maturity yeah. uh, yeah. on Twitter, <laughs> hearing something like that. 
What do uh, what is Drive Time Radio on uh, Louisville? Uh, what do they think about it? Do are they oh, in favor of, of this? Probably, they probably broke their head on the windshield. Yeah, <laughs> like this can't be happening. Uh, first of all, I thought we were supposed to be doing a track by track dissertation of uh, Taylor Swift's album that also dropped surprisingly on Friday. But um, I guess I can talk about ACC for for a couple minutes uh, in lieu of in lieu of that. So. Uh, just general 30,000 foot view thoughts. Um, you know, I think this would be really interesting and I am sort of intrigued to see if there is a path to the conference championship. Um, I don't know how set in stone that is. If that's just right now, it's just bandied about and it's not a finalized thing, but, um, I am all for the idea of possibly winning that, that dang thing. And, and then <laughs> throwing it in the trash. I don't know. <laughs> Declaring our independence again, once again. Uh, I hope it's. I don't know what the ACC trophy looks like, but I, I definitely gonna uh, research it and uh, see if maybe you can't drink something out of it because that's what I'd like Brian Kelly to do if we were uh, fortunate enough to uh, to be possibly Clemson. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's you hard, have it's to, hard to say. It, 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 it's actually not a bad looking trophy. Okay. Dumb. That- no, it's it's dumb. Well, it's good because it probably can get crushed by a steamroller real nice, but there's no drinkable. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's no yeah, clear jug or Stanley it. Cup. Yeah, it has uh, a, it has a it has a weird crystal. It's like, it's like gold, brass, whatever, but it does have like crystal like around the base, which doesn't make any sense. You know, you know what? It does make sense because that doesn't make sense at it all. It gives you something to grab because, you know, when you see somebody holding up the Lombardi trophy and it just gets covered in smudge marks and it looks like shit when they're holding it and it's got like their greasy handprints all over it. I feel like when I'm looking at people holding this thing, they're holding on to that that uh, plexiglass or whatever the hell it is. And it allows the trophy to look a little bit crisper so that when we do win this dang thing and put it under ah. the 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 steamroller it looks real good when it crunches i, just, I do read here that it, it weighs more than the college football playoff national championship trophy oh, so, that's interesting there's a little so bit the other part the, the the conspiracy part of me thought that you know john swafford or whoever's in his position when Notre Dame is in the acc championship game would never allow uh Notre Dame to win that game and so it becomes like a montreal screw job uh type scenario in which Vince can't let uh, <laughs> they, you know, they stop the season. <laughs> Brett Brett Hart uh, walk Hart, out with the, man, yeah. with the WWF trophy on his way out the door. Uh, so somehow this is like a Florida State 2014 nightmare revisited sort of incident <laughs> where the ACC officials and and their best Buffalo Wild Wings uh, you know imitation somehow throw a flag or prolong the game in a way that should not have happened and it allows the other team to emerge victorious. So I'm also a little worried about Twitter that. Page. Too much. <laughs> I'm also a little worried about that, but uh, not too worried. Not too worried. So, I think it was – so just to go back to how it all transpired, I think it was Brett McMurphy who broke the story from Our Stadium own Brett formerly. McMurphy? Our own Brett McMurphy. Iowa um, State's uh, fanboy. Favorite, favorite son of Ames, Iowa. And I kind of put some stock in some things because we all sort of rolled our eyes at him when he broke the – Urban Meyer um, uh, assistant coach story a few years back, right? Yeah, and that's what Smith, really right? got him on the yeah that got him the, the wide receivers coach that put him on the map as far as being a uh, rogue. Well, investigative. He was pretty he was pretty well in tune with back in oh 2010 and the uh, with all the conference realignment stuff. McMurphy and and uh, the guy from the Longhorns, Chip uh, 
Oh, the orange. What is it? Um, orange Bloods. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. And basically, because somebody from Texas was feeding him everything. But McMurphy w- uh, really made a name for himself back then. Um, I mean, it's a lot of his stuff, half his stuff didn't pan out, but he was just reporting it was being talked about. You know what I mean? Like that was a wild time back there yeah. in 2010. Oh, that was <laughs> crazy, crazy time. But yeah, that's what kind of when he started really nationally becoming uh, a, a, a bigger, bigger, you know, a bigger name out there. And so, yeah, he does carry a lot of weight. He's, he has some contacts and, and, you know, despite his ridiculous and terrible Iowa state takes, uh, you know, he, what he says, you know, you can, you can put a little bit of weight behind it. So one of the things I saw out there as well, and I, did you guys see this as well, that they did, he did, he is saying that Notre Dame would have a chance to play in the conference title game. And that I've also seen reports that Notre Dame would be slotted into the coastal. Because yeah, there I are, I haven't uh, seen the part about the divisions yet. And, well, does somebody can somebody break it down for me? We play six ACC teams this year. How many are Atlantic and how many are Coastal? Three and three. So oh, I okay. I actually put that together nuts. <laughs> I, I put together what the schedule would look like if Notre Dame if you're if if you would humor me I'll let you know and home and away it's 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 all there uh, if you now, want so I, I can, are, I can get are we are we are we doing this under the uh, under the assumption that the the entire like our schedule with the ACC teams now is you just kind of blow it up as far as like exactly who and when they play. I think the win, because if the, if the, uh, if it is, so it's 10 ACC games and we have six scheduled and you have, what is that? Seven in each uh, division and you're playing three. Yeah. Wouldn't it just be easier to keep the games already that you have? Yep. Cause you have three and three already. I would think, I would think, but are you getting, but that means you're 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 skipping out on one of your teams in the in the division. Oh, no. Then, no, 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 no. So here's how no. it goes. My math wrong there. Okay. Yeah. So Notre Dame's got Wake Forest right already at home, and that's an Atlantic team. They're at Pitt, which is a coastal team. They're hosting Duke, which is a coastal team. They're hosting Clemson, which is an Atlantic team. They're at Georgia Tech, which is coastal, and they're hosting Louisville, and that's the Atlantic. So those are your your six games. You have three Atlantic and three coastal. Two games on the road at Pitt at Georgia Tech. So the remaining coastal teams that they need to play are Virginia Tech, Miami, North Carolina, the greatest recruiting team in on God's greener, <laughs> and the lawyers of Virginia. And that's it. So when you look at Virginia Tech, Miami, North Carolina, you you would figure that the way that You'd set it up as six four, right? A six four scheduling model. You have six home games, four road games. That that sounds right, right? So if you're going under that assumption, um, Notre Dame was hosted Virginia Tech last year. So you would assume then, and they they actually go to Virginia Tech in 2021. They already have a scheduled game in 2021 against Virginia Tech at Blacksburg. So you'd assume that if they're playing Virginia Tech, you wouldn't do back-to-back homes, so we would go to Virginia Tech. Miami, uh, Notre Dame was at Miami in 2017. We actually don't see Miami again until 2024, where it's a home game. So you would assume Notre Dame would host Miami. And same with North Carolina. Uh, Next year's game against North Carolina would be at home. 
So that's a home game. And then the final one is against Virginia, which they hosted last year. 2021, they play Virginia again uh, at uh, Virginia. So you would think that Virginia would be a, a road game. So the road games would be Pitt, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Virginia. And then the home games would be Wake Forest, Duke, Clemson, Louisville, um, Miami, and North Carolina. Sign me up. I'm ready to win this damn conference. Right? That I, I think that's – if they're a coastal squad and, and that's how – and they're going to go a 6-4 model, I – it, well, can, can you can you afford to do a six four model this year? Because I, I think the the six four the seven four one you know the other models yeah. that we always see are predicated on buy games, and we're not going to really have buy games here, right? Uh, I, well, there's going to be a lot more buy games. I think I can't I can't imagine if if this happens that being anything other than you know a, a five and five. Yeah, I think it's a five and five. I I, th- I think those. Are, I mean, if they're sitting down to do a to do a schedule, the ACC ain't gonna. Get, if this is what's gonna happen, they ain't gonna give a shit about Notre Dame's models. So, Brendan, based but on your, fair, your thing, they'll keep it what, fair for everybody doing a five what, and five. Yeah, what's what's easiest to change from a home to an, to an away without screwing up a future schedule? Um, it would probably be one of the two Virginia schools because you're playing them again at their uh, house next year anyway. Right. So it would probably be easier just to tell a Virginia or a Virginia Tech. Except you uh, just put, oh man, you just played both those teams you at just home. Just played I, I them guess, at home. Yeah. yeah. I guess I really can't. I guess, you, I guess you can't worry about that though. though. In this in this day and age, you if you're the way you're putting the schedule down, you can't really think about last year or next year. Right. It's just kind of like here's the year if we're gonna do this, and if you're, I, I just think that that's there's only a what that's all they got. I, I agree with you, Josh, and I I might go one step further, which is um, if you agree to playing in Blacksburg this year instead of next year, Brennan's Blacksburg's on the on the menu for next year. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yep. Okay. so maybe you say, look, let's make let's turn that into a home. And then we start doing we start doing some dances with a 2021 schedule, too. And I I think they're probably going to have to do some dances with the 2021 schedule anyway. Um, I don't know. I've. I feel I feel very strongly that they're not going to tweak anything past 2020 as of right now. Other than you know, I know that they moved the the day with Florida State, um, which is weird, right? That, that yeah, they moved that off a of yeah. Labor Day. Yeah, and it's 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 weird that they did it now, um, right. and I don't quite understand it. And that, but it's fine. Um, but I just I just I strongly feel that whatever they do for if this does happen. It's just going to be however they can make it work this year. Nothing else after that matters. It, it can all just revert back to nor- back to w- what that would be normal, and everybody should just be fine with it. I, and I think I think the ads and presidents would would go along with that because I think they're just looking for the e- the easiest and best way to get the season going. I don't think they're going to start getting into any kind of pissing matches about. All that. If they just lay out that parameter, like, look, we're dealing with this year and this year alone. And obviously, if Notre Dame's involved as a conference member for this year and eligible for a conference championship, it is obviously just this year and this year alone. So sure. I, I don't think so, that they'll have to worry too much about after that. Let me just take your temperature, both of you guys, which in terms of a 10 or 11 game schedule, which is what we're talking about. What do you consider the likelihood is that Notre Dame plays 10 games this year? Zero percentage. So zero percent. 
Okay. I, I, Brent, I honestly Brendan, can't believe that. The, Brendan, do you concur? Um, I need to see. I don't. Hmm. I don't want to say that I put any percent on it. I think that they're going to play some football this fall and then we'll see how it goes. I think the, we really need to, cause I think a lot of what we do is we, you know, we want to stake our, this, this is what we do. We, we want to stake our, our hitch our wagon to a, to a take. And I don't know what things are going to look like once the season starts. I think Notre Dame is a team that's capable of playing 10 or 11 games. I don't know if there's going to be 10 or 11 opponents who are going to be able to play them as I think. I mean, just, just see what happened. Like Michigan state and Rutgers just quarantine their entire teams. I just feel like once the season gets going is I, because I honestly, I think that, 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 yeah, I believe that I have a pretty strong feeling that they're going to start the season this year, but how that works out. You're right, Brendan. We don't know. I just think I'm able to give a 0% chance. This goes the whole route. Cause I just, I just see there's just too many things involved uh, as far as things able to derail the season uh, that can ha- happen. And I, I think one of the hundred uh, will. Um, I was shocked anyways that the 10-1 was the model. Like I would have thought like an 8-1 would have been the, you know, like they would said, hey, we're, we want to do eight conference games and one, you know, out of conference game. Well, sounds- especially since Jack Swarbrick kind of was floating to Heather Dinich right. that he wanted to start this year later. I know? don't understand eight, that. I mean, eight, eight to ten games is what they've been saying for months. This is eleven games now, yeah. and that may not be a big difference, you know, just in math. Uh, but as far as college football is concerned, it's fucking huge. Uh, and, and then, I mean, throw in a, I mean, if they're going to still do a conference. They are, they obviously probably gonna do a conference championship game if they could get all the way through, and that still gives you a twelve game season if you make that. And then what? I mean, then whatever. I mean, we're talking in still a whole bunch of stuff we have no idea about, and that's like with bowl games. Uh, if if Notre Dame manages to get twelve, if they manage to get eleven games out of the season, I'll be shocked. But you throw in twelve or thirteen, and I'd be just like. Well, Josh, they would have the 12th when they play that conference championship game and win it. So, right, right. I mean, if they could get to that, get, you know, get on them. Can you, I, and we, we talked a little bit about it and I guess I do want, I, I understand on the one hand, the, the prudent nature of letting things play out and seeing how the pro leagues do things. But what Oklahoma did was they actually moved up their week one opponent to week zero. They moved their game against Missouri State to August 29th, and I don't. And you, if you followed this this pandemic and how uh, college football programs have done this, um, Riley has been sort of uh, at the forefront of a lot of this. He was their program was one of the the schools they didn't rush back like a lot of schools. Um, they kept things pretty close and getting students on there. I don't think that they're they've they've done a really good job of managing this whole thing. And the fact that they moved it up to the 29th and what that allows them to do, because they have, I think a, a week three by is that means that in five weeks, Oklahoma is going to play three football games, which gives them a buffer between each one. And doesn't that make more sense than if you push it back to mid to late September, now you're talking about trying to cram all of these games in and it starts getting colder and colder and you can't practice outside anymore. And we're getting into flu season. 
I don't understand it. Unless the idea is you're pushing it back because you don't think that the season's going to happen and you just want to kick the can down the road as long as you can. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that, you know, just because I floated it in the group chat, maybe I'll just try to defend the position. Um, I, th- I think it makes sense from the perspective of we shouldn't go first, you know? And I think Brendan, you made a really good point in the group chat, which is, you know, the, the pro leagues and, and you see this a lot in the NBA and I think you're going to see it with NFL, but I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Cause I'm, I haven't paid that close attention. They're, they're going to these bubble like States, right? Like no, especially with the NBA. Like if you leave the bubble, it's like a big deal. Right. And they start like, it's like almost like they question you. And, well, especially if you're going to strip clubs. Yeah. Especially if, if chicken the, wings chicken, and the chicken wings are so good yeah, at the strip clubs, you I can't mean, help yourself. A, a strip club food is, uh, it's, it's better than you think. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, you know, but but that, but you can, and as Brendan made this point, you can do that with a pro league. You can just say, look, we're going to confine it to these spaces. We're going to test the hell out of people. We're going to do all this or whatever. You can't have college where you put the athletes in a bubble. And so, um, you know, Brendan was in our chat kind of making the point that, you know, practice slash the game is going to be one of the safest things that they do. And I would say if you're if you're ranking up against going to the bar, uh, yeah. you know, or or being in some sort of indoor confined space, I 100 percent agree with you. Because, look, I think we've talked about this before. I, I don't anticipate any uh, college students wearing masks out at the bar while they're trying to pick up girls. I just <laughs> I don't see that happening. Um, I mean, maybe they have a bad teeth day. You know? yeah. <laughs> so um, so the only thing I was thinking was, you know, it, it just buys more time. Right. And, and so. Your point, your point is well made about kicking the can down the road for an eventual cancellation, right? It just gives them more time to to see to to get the lay of the land. Um, you know, t- today you you heard that uh, I think it was four uh, Miami Marlins players tested positive, and now their starting pitcher for Sunday or for today's game was uh, taken out at the last minute because he's he's now under COVID nineteen. Like I don't know if he's quarantined because. He's tested positive or he was Contact in the tracing. vicinity of a person. Yeah. yeah. And the person who tested positive. But I think this kind of shows you the problems that we're going to have. Right. Which is if like one person right. has it, then it's like, OK, well, we go back and we, we figure out what classes he was in. And, oh, my God. He was in he was in, you know, offensive line meetings or whatever. And they weren't keeping the six feet or they weren't wearing their mask or, you know, you're going to find a lot of these things get a little loose. And so you're going to have and you know, backing up to the point about it could be 11 game schedule, but you don't end up having 11 opponents. Um, you know, you might find that, that this is a problem, you know, fielding teams and stuff like that. Right. So, um, I think, you know, just an opportunity to figure out what's working and then this is pie in the sky, maybe too optimistic, but I was reading about the possibility of a vaccine coming out in October. And I'm just, I don't, I don't, I can't, I, I wouldn't bet anything on that at all. And, and I wouldn't say that it would be effective enough to save a college football season. But I also know that the further you delay the college football season, the more likely it is that you can have something that we learn more about this disease that, that can help you um, prevent it, it from spreading amongst your football team. Would that be fair? Yeah. Oh, oper- you're, you, I think you're referencing Operation Warp Speed is what we've named uh, the <laughs> uh, that is the official government title for getting that quick vaccine. It, it, is Bill Gates involved? <laughs> I, I read everything's on Facebook and I really don't know. Oh, so is is oh Bill Gates keeping the vaccine from us? I just I need to know. So. 
Anyways, <laughs> keep going. I'm apologist. <laughs> I mean, does it does any of that make sense? I, I get your I get your whole five weeks to play three games thing, like the spreading it out and you and you and if you and if there are that nimble um, that you could just move it back and stuff like that and say, hey, in a week this will be better. Um, then I th- I think that makes a certain amount of sense, but you know at some I think there's different philosophies. I think some guys are saying let's see if we can get three or four games in and see how this is going. Um, because if we wait, it's doom. It's doom from the start. And I think there's people like Jack who say, you know, the more that we can kind of group it together, the more we can kind of say like this is this is how we this is how we do it. This is, you know, we're all learning from each other. And right now we don't have enough information on July 26th, but I feel more confident that we'll have enough good information on September 8th, you know? Well, I just know that if the ACC as a conference cancels this thing, they're just ducking Notre Dame. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want that smoke. They don't want that smoke. Uh, They want no part of it whatsoever. Wade is going to be beside himself because so, he, he, he's looking forward to it, I guess. So, I mean, the, that was part of the fun Friday, right? Like, cause, look, we are all I mean, I, I, I can speak for all of us here. Where we are staunch uh, patriots uh, of Notre Dame being independent. Uh, and, and we'll, and, you know, we'll fight that. Ar- we'll have that argument uh, with people left and right. And, you know. Notre Dame's independence is important for a reason there for all sorts of reasons why they want to do it and why it's good for, and aside from that, why also it's great for Notre Dame. But I think in this situation and in this kind of time, a lot of us that are pro completely pro independent, we're like, let's just, let's do this. Let's do this the one time because it gives us such an epic chance to just troll the shit out of everybody. Like this is a, it's a good Notre Dame football team. I definitely capable. I mean, if, if you think that Notre Dame has any chance of beating Clemson in November, uh, then you got to give them somewhat of a chance to play in uh, for an ACC championship and winning that. So if you could get that, if you could get that under your belt in this one year, and then you're like, go right back to the independent status. That's some funny shit right there. I mean, that's, that's like, that's something to, all you have to do is post that, post a picture of the ACC championship trophy. Anytime someone says join a conference, like we did too easy. 100% of the times Notre Dame was in a conference, they won it. So why bother? (laughs) What's the point? What's the point? Look, we're going to have a lot of fun with this, but I I think there's also some things that make a lot of sense for both sides in this, in this agreement. And that's, that's, I sort of, you know, I sort of tire of this, like, you know, we talked about this, I think, in the last podcast about how people don't understand that they think that the ACC and Notre Dame are at loggerheads, where the ACC is trying to leverage Notre Dame into forcing them or ch- somehow tricking them into joining a conference when the opposite, when the exact opposite is true. And so I sort of, I, I sort of get tired of explaining this to people, and I also get tired of explaining to people why Notre Dame values its independence. I, I would much rather just send them Pete Sampson's story from the Athletic from a year ago. I did um, that. I did that the other day. I said, just go read. And they they still did not. They no, still did not they're not reading the they're not reading the article. They're not reading the article, or they're certainly not internalizing it. But let, let's let's talk about this. I mean, Notre Dame has not. And we know Notre Dame has not been in a conference, right? And so this will give them a taste to see what that's like, right? What is what is a conference affiliation on a one year basis feel like 
act like, taste like, smell like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like what are the positives that we never considered and what are the negatives that we probably could have figured, but we now know to be true because we had this, we had this one year thing. Like I, this is such a free pass year for both sides. Like it makes so much sense to do it this way, you I, know, and the, and the ACC be, keeping, you know, because they like Notre Dame and because John Swafford and whoever takes over for John Swafford will have the same philosophy as John Swafford, which is that we've never talked seriously about ACC affiliation for Notre Dame for football. But of course, we'd be willing to have that conversation with them. This gives them a, a you know, some data points. Hey, this really worked. Hey, this didn't work. Hey, this could be improved. Hey, um, it wasn't as bad as you thought it was. Hey, it was worse than you thought it was. You know, just like it, 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 ne- it doesn't have to be talked about as a hypothetical anymore. They did it. They tried it. They know they, you know, obviously in a pa- you have to say in a pandemic, you have to put the asterisks on it or whatever. But I think it gives them a lot more information that both of them don't have to talk about. Well, hypothetically, what would this be like? Because they'll have experienced it. You know what I mean? So, so hypo- I think that hypothetically, Jude, let me ask you this. Me- I think this actually gets ACC closer to its 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 desired goal of having Notre Dame in a conference. And yes, so they would be silly to go the opposite direction and say, fuck you, go find 10, 10 people who want to play with you because Notre Dame would be like, okay, we can find 10 people. You're hoping you know? Notre Dame's con curious is what you're saying. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I guess just to touch on a couple of your points that you made there, like, I guess, so something the ACC would think they could sell to Notre Dame is like, let's just look at the schedules. Like the, the schedule that Notre Dame was going to, was going to have in 2020 versus the schedule that Notre Dame would have in, yeah. in 2020, should this move forward. Now, this is all under the assumption that the plus one for Notre Dame is definitely Navy, right? Mm. Like there's. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, no, it's, 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 it's definitely Navy. Right. All right. So there's there's this isn't an apples, you know, for apples kind of a thing because it's we're talking 11 games instead of 12. Um, so, you know, kick just kick Western Michigan out of the uh, the entire thing. So your trip of, of the all the ACC teams that that are now on your schedule, the new ones on your schedule, they're replacing Arkansas, Wisconsin, Stanford and USC. Yeah. How does that seem to you? And so I, and I guess, I guess you could look at it this way. Even if it's an 11 get or a 10 plus one with the one being Navy, if it was 10 plus two, and if, if things were, if the PAC 12 didn't have their conference only, it would be USC would be the second. So maybe it isn't trading for USC, but so now you're trading what Georgia tech for, you know, Wisconsin, uh, Virginia for, you know, Western Michigan, right? Uh, Virginia Tech for uh, Stanford. D- is that a better schedule? It's certainly more localized no. in one area. But yeah, I, I, I mean, would rather – if it was the year 2000, yeah, I want to see Virginia Tech in <laughs> Miami. But Miami's <laughs> hot trash, and they've been uh, – they had this sort of blip, and they beat Notre Dame in 2000 and – um, 17 and they pulled our pants down and it was embarrassing, but Miami, the rest of the year outside of that stunk. And for the decade before that game, they stunk, right? So the coastal division, um, you know, uh, I, there's not 
what are interesting teams in the Coastal Division? North Carolina is not particularly interesting. Virginia's not. Virginia Tech hasn't been interesting since what? I Mike think North Tech. Carolina can be interesting. I think I think I think North Carolina is a, interesting has many different meanings. Uh, it, you know, fair. in the t- world of college football, so North Carolina can be interesting. And you know. I'm kind of excited. Um, you know, they have a they have a, a fun returning quarterback, right? Um, what's his name? Uh, Sam Sam Harris is that who's their Sam quarterback? Howell. Yeah, Sam Howell. Sam uh, Howell. He's pretty fun and exciting, I guess. Um, but I, I don't know. I would rather see USC Wisconsin. And I was going to say you'd be hard pressed to say with, um, trading Miami or Wisconsin for Miami is a, is a step up seeing as those two teams yeah, have actually played each other twice in the last three years and Wisconsin has beaten them. So, yeah. I mean, um, and just a simple fact, I mean, Wisconsin's a team that is on the I rise. Don't know why I, yeah. Well, I got a bunch of clapback for people saying Wisconsin's an opponent that Notre Dame, Notre Dame fans have been dying to play over the last you know decade and a half, two decades. But I'm pretty sure I've, I've been running a, a website for the last 12 <laughs> Wisconsin is a fucking team that Notre Dame fans want to play. It is always brought up when people start talking about the Shamrock series, which I fucking hate, but they start talking about opponents. Wisconsin is always brought up. It is a team that we want to play. So yeah, playing Wisconsin, playing Miami instead of Wisconsin to me is a huge step down, not even just because of the stature of the teams at the moment, but just because I think it's more interesting. Like we finally get to play Wisconsin. Well, we used to play Wisconsin. We, we played Notre Dame played Wisconsin right, but it, six times. But it's been, it's been a long ass 36 time. 36 and yes. 34 and 44. Yeah. It's been yeah. since the sixties. It's been a long ass time. Since the yeah. Korean war. Uh, it's been a hot minute, huh? Yeah. De- not in our lifetime or the decade before no. in my life. How yeah, Michigan hasn't won a consensus national title since the last time Notre Dame played Wisconsin. There you go. <laughs> so, I mean, guess looking at that, so we're, we're, I guess we're under, we're kind of under agreement that our, our schedule as was written down for 2020 would have been a lot better than whatever we're going to get at this thing with ACC works. Right. Yeah, yes. but I, I don't I don't slag on the ACC schedule. I don't no. think it's hot, it's hot trash. Yeah. I just I prefer I our, our I'm the just schedule. Say, I'm just saying yeah. one's better yeah. than the other is yeah. all I'm saying. So but if I, anyone's yeah, if anyone's making the argument, oh, you're getting a, you're getting a bump up in schedule or whatever. I, I, I just don't think you make that. Ske- I don't think you can now, make that argument. Now I'm going to ask you to t- I'm going to ask you to take that schedule that Notre Dame is is hypothetically having with the ACC and r- ring that around. Five six years. Hate it. Yeah, and, and not only not not only that, but you, look, I keep one of the big points made talking about Notre Dame being an independent, and, and this is the this is my biggest point is that Notre Dame cannot afford to become a regional program. Now, granted, the ACC footprint is is quite is, is a nice footprint. It's all up and down the east, the East Coast. You're into Florida. You're in some good spots. You're in Western but, Pennsylvania, right, and, right on and, the coast of Western and, Pennsylvania. And that's not to say that you can't play USC every year. But the way that Notre Dame can schedule now is a much more of a national schedule. And as much as I knock like things mattering to recruiting like this, it does fucking matter to recruiting like this. You Once you start making Notre Dame a regional program, 
it makes it harder for them to go into Texas, go into California, uh, which is they're not having a great time in California anyways. I mean, so I don't know. Maybe that's maybe this maybe that does help them out. I don't know. But Notre Dame, find me a small Midwestern school in a conference that is successful. And people can clap back with like, well, Notre Dame's tradition and money and this and that. That's all fine and dandy. But like the NBC deal, that's thrown out. You get you go in the ACC, you know, you don't have that that kosher schedule or the agreement with NBC most likely. You become a regional program that ends up having a more re- regional recruiting base. And for a team like Notre Dame, where you cannot go after everybody, you have to go nationally to recruit. I mean, look at the recruiting class right now for 21. I mean, all over the map. There's 13 kid, 13 kids, 12 states right now. That's. I, I mean, I guess, I guess you could sort of uh, like. I, I would be interested. I'd be curious to know what school, what states the ACC teams recruit really well. Georgia. Um, I would say Florida, uh, South Carolina, Florida, Florida, Georgia, both Carolinas. Right, because because now you're not going into a kid's school and say uh, a California kid and saying, "Hey, man, we're in Cal- we're in California every year. We're going to play USC or Stanford at the end of every year." What you're saying is, you want your you want your mom and dad to see you play Miami. Great, we play Miami. We play Florida State. You yeah, know what I mean? Like you would you would just start changing, um, and it would. You're absolutely right, Josh. Like. Your recruiting in some of these really high town states would suffer, but I think it would improve in, in some other states. I'm not saying it's a net positive. I, I'm don't don't misquote me on this, but yeah, I, and I I'm not think, sure. I, I'm I not sure what the give and take is. I just I think the risk is too much. Right? This, oh, is, like, this is why I like the arrangement with the ACC more than an arrangement of similar fashion with the Big Ten, because right. Georgia Tech is in Atlanta, and that's fantastic. I mean, we right. um, think our sweet baby Kyle. Um, is from the Atlanta area, and yeah, I, I, yeah, because they don't recruit a lot of Iowans and say, "Hey, man, we could, we we play the Hawkeyes once every four years." Like the Iowans will like, get we'll, the hell out of here. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen yeah, it's just like, for a lifetime. It's a big, it's a big concern I have losing with, like, Texas if they, if they, in California. It's just, and I'm what look, I am all, I've always been one. Like when people started talking about like conference realignments and like, well, if you get this team, you get these recruiting states. And I was always one to like completely dismiss it. And I I still think a lot of that is bullshit because so much of it is, you know, coaches and their relationships with high schools. You know, you can recruit elsewhere. I mean, Colorado used to recruit the shit out of Compton. You know what I mean? It's just it it begins because of a relationship thing. But throughout through over the years, though. Uh, it's just, it's better for you to be able to to do things. I think for Notre Dame, the way they've been doing it, um, it's, ah, man, it's just, it, I don't know, Jeff, but you know, like, but like I, I, I guess, okay, here's, here's, here's a point that I'll make that, uh, like look at Nebraska. All right. Nebraska, when they were in the big eight and big 12, they were down in Texas playing Texas teams, recruiting Texas talent. That's what, that's what helped make Nebraska, Nebraska. Now they're in the big 10. They can recruit New Jersey. Yeah. yeah they can, I, they can, uh... So try to get a kid to buy into the Nebraska mystique that hasn't, you know, Nebraska has a harder time selling their tradition than Notre Dame does. Uh, and Nebraska was a fucking great program for a long, long time. Well, Osborne pulled, uh, you know, Tommy Frazier out of Florida 
which right. I, I mean, because a, you have a, a dynamic coach and winning football you're games helps. You're a top ten perennial top ten team. You're you're going to be able to go into any high school in America. It's just that's fine. But there, but the bat, the some of the guys that you're battling with, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot for these kids to change their minds or to make them go one way or the other. And I I think we're finding out right now with the 2021 yeah. class how much you know not having a, a strong regional uh, recruiting base of our own hurts us. So Josh, let me put because. Um, you and Jude have been mentioning some some good and some bad about the, the this particular year, and I think we're all in agreement that it's good that Notre Dame has an ACC tie that they can fall back on in this pandemic, right? That it's good. I think oh, one I of think, and, I think so. And one of the you said, and Jude, I remember you had said that um, there's some unforeseen bads and goods that could come about it. I think an unforeseen bad that perhaps people might not talk about. Notre Dame has a fault. And it's a fault that Josh is very astute and pounds the table and head against. And it's Notre Dame's love of a Wookiee life debt. <laughs> Do you feel like Notre Dame is going to uh, feel like they owe a Wookiee life debt to the ACC for allowing them into their conference for a year? And this is no. one of those things that uh, Father Hesburg, Notre Dame, Notre Dame is in that situation with Navy. Only because Father Hesburgh, it, it, it's like a was who like a he was. It's like a statement from the Pope, right? Yeah. Like what, what, once you make a so it shall be, right? Yeah, yeah. Once you make an ecclesiastical statement or whatever, this you know, so it shall be written, <laughs> you know, so it shall be done. That was this is all on Father Ted uh, for for Navy when he said that you know they'll always be on the schedule. That pretty much puts you in a bind. Like which Notre Dame president is going to have the balls? to go against what father Ted said that that's going to take, that's going to take a lot. And, the, it's, the big, and it, a huge it's problem not, I have with this, if you have, if you have to give up, if you have Navy and USC in, in your hand and you have to give up one of them, what would Notre Dame do? Like if you have question, Navy and USC, this you makes me very uncomfortable. One of them. I, I think, I think of? we're all uncomfortable because we know that we know the true and correct answer. We, we know the true and correct answer in this case. Yeah exactly what's going to happen. Right. And we're going to get fucked out of a, out of a rivalry game that is, that has lasted since the Rockney era that has been a huge factor in Heisman's and national championships. And just, it's fucking great. It's a awesome. It's, it's our big dog. You get rid of USC off the, off Notre Dame's schedule every year. You've lost everything. You've lost everything that makes Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Fuck Navy. That it makes nothing about what makes Notre Dame Notre Dame. It's a nice little story. But as far as the football field goes, the polls go, and whether people look at you and think that you're a decent team, regardless of USC being up and down. We've talked about this a lot, you know, about we're we're just never you know, we're never at the right <laughs> right spot with each other, it seems lately. You just you get rid of USC and you keep Navy, you just shot you just announce to the world that you're ridiculous. Brendan, I just want to circle back to your point because I think, to be honest with you, it's not a heavy lift to keep Navy on the schedule. It's not a very hard thing to do. What, no. would, be very hard, what would be very hard to do would be to, to sit there and say, because the ACC was so good to us for one year, we therefore have to think more seriously about joining their conference. I mean, that's, that's a, 
that's a that's a upheaval. And again, I, I hate to beat this to death, but you know, and I know you've read the story, but go read the Pete Sand. I'm telling our to our, our listeners if you haven't already. Sign yourself up for an athletic subscription. Go read the Pete Sampson story. You get two weeks and, for free. And, and I and I think that you know if if you aren't already very familiar with why Notre Dame values its independence, that story itself will make it crystal clear. And it's not just people inside Notre Dame talking about it. It's people that have you know have been to Notre Dame and now have been to other places. You know what I mean? And so they under they have that perspective that exists outside the the so called Notre Dame bubble. So. I just I I don't think it's I I understand I think it's exactly as Josh put it, which is this is a Hesburg led thing. Um, you know, at some point maybe Navy gets bored of it and stops doing it, or you know, situations dictate that they've got to they can't keep it on their schedule. But Navy's going to be the one to drop it. Uh, Notre Dame will keep it as long as Navy wants to keep it. That's unfortunate because I really do not never want to put ourselves in a situation where. Uh, the Irish are picking Navy over USC, and I think it's it's a damn shame that we're not going to play New USC this year if there's a season. But um, I just think it's a it's a bridge too far to to suggest that just because we affiliated with the ACC for one year that somehow that makes us more or less beholden or more or less interested. And how dumb is it? I don't know. How dumb is it that <laughs> the University of Notre Dame decides to put the will of an administrator, civil rights activist? Um, theologian, a overall everything but sports for a man who had almost no patience for athletics and football, putting his opinion of Navy ahead of Newt Rockney, who well, put USC on okay. the schedule. I mean, because it was, was other choice to handle most of the athletic stuff. But, yeah. Am I right? But it's but it's also bigger than that, right? It's become bigger than that. Maybe it's a it's that's a what I wanted it, but now yeah, it's a. There's so many guys who were in the Navy, but also went to Notre Dame. You know what I mean? And I think I think our our, our colleague Lisa Kelly talks about this with you know in terms of her her father or whatever. Yeah. The Na- the Navy Notre Dame game doesn't mean anything to her necessarily because because Hesburgh wanted it. It's because of because of guys like her dad that feel so strongly about both the Naval Academy and and Notre Dame. And and there are those ties that can that continue to, to exist, right? And so there's there's still a ROTC program at, at Notre Dame. Um, so like I. I I just – it's not nearly about about Hesburgh. It's about what Hesburgh started that blossomed into this whole like albatross that now <laughs> weighs on the neck. And I don't want to well, say let, weighs because well, that doesn't weigh heavily. Jude, but it, Jude, you and I are of, of almost the same age, correct? Yeah. And, and we both trace our our hardcore love of Notre Dame football about around the same time, correct? Yeah. All right. When do you remember Navy being talked about with all this mutual respect, uh, life debt, love? Do you know when that started? Because well, I, I don't they remember put, that. They put out a documentary in 2015, 2015 called Mutual yeah. Respect, and they did right. that. But yeah. this whole thing with about Navy, honest to God, I believe we can blame motherfucking Charlie Weiss for this shit. Now, the announcers for games going back would always talk about, you know, the the heart of the academies and and this and that, all that. But it really didn't get it really didn't get to pandemic levels until Weiss became coach and Weiss made it like a bigger part of the the wider scope of why they play Navy, a bigger deal for the team 
And then people just went wild with it. And, and then how it, symbolic is it that he it, was it spiraled out of control? I mean, even the, the I, I and I don't mean I, I and I mean this very sincerely. I'm not I do not want to disrespect those that love Notre Dame do standing with Navy during the alma mater, you know, the standing together for the alma maters. I, I get it. I'm not trying to disrespect or, or shoot that down. That all started with Weiss. So this this whole thing, this the, I mean, so many of these fans screaming about screaming at me about Navy deserving to be on the schedule. Nobody would know this shit. I mean, honestly, they would not really get it if Weiss didn't light the match on that. Now, things could still be the same, obviously. Uh, but it, for me, I just I think there is a clear time in the early 2000s where or in the mid 2000s where all of a sudden this thing just took off as a concept that you're never going to get rid of now. And how symbolic is it that the reason Charlie Weiss eventually ended up getting fired was probably because of Navy. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly did not help. No. Him and Brian Kelly both have two losses to the Naval Academy. They sure do. (laughs) I think, yeah, I mean, just quick. I think Brian Kelly is is flummoxed by this whole Navy thing. I think Brian Kelly would jettison Navy uh, tomorrow. No, the the trophy sucks and he can't drink anything from it. It's because because Brian Kelly has a a better understanding about the national perception of his college football team. He knows beating Navy means jack and shit. You beat them by 35 points or whatever, a ranked ranked Navy team, and no no one cares. You know, but if that was like a ranked, like, Georgia Tech team or what? I mean, it, it makes a bigger deal. It's late in the season, so a ranked team late in the season is a is supposedly a good team, right? This wasn't Unless a September. Syracuse. This wasn't a September ranking, right? Except Syracuse. <laughs> Do you remember but when they beat even, a top fifteen Syracuse by a hundred? Beating Syracuse like that, that still got cred for that. I mean, that was still a a, a nice mark on your on your resume. Yeah, because Syracuse stays ranked when they lose to Notre Dame. When Navy loses to Notre Dame, they drop out of the uh, also receiving votes. I was rooting so hard last year for Navy because I thought they had a path to uh, the New Year's Six instead of Memphis. And they, they were close to getting it. And I just thought, how ridiculous would this be is if this Navy team went to the New Year's Six after losing to Notre Dame by 30 plus points and being, I mean, you know, and Notre Dame getting no credit for it. Yeah. Here they are in the new year six. You know, I just like, here's my point. Why that's my big thing about it. I don't give a shit about injuries. I'm not, I'm not petty enough to give a shit about any of that. Uh, The biggest point is beating them means nothing. Absolutely nothing. It does nothing on your schedule. You're better off playing fucking New Mexico state. I mean, honestly, at least then you don't have to alter what you do. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm locked up. They're I not, know. They're, Mexico State isn't forcing you to travel, uh, you know, <laughs> all over the damn San country. San Diego, yeah. We know what Notre Dame <laughs> likes to do. But if you can step back from Jack Swarbrick's office, and you realize, hey, less travel miles means, you know, less wear and tear on your players, which means better performance. Uh, that's not a hard one to figure out. We've, we talked about that hardcore in 2018. 
So let's get back. I want, let's get back to the ACC. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't go on another Navy, Navy rant. I just can't do it. Uh, I know the buttons to push. <laughs> you, you son of a bitch. I didn't even think you were going on that route, and then you did, and then it was. It, was, it wasn't good. So, are you guys of the of the mind? Let, so let, this hypothetical, we're we're just playing that this is this is going to happen. And just a reminder, none of this is set in stone. None of this has been decided upon or announced. This is just a report of what they might be talking about. So we're talking about it. So we're, we're let's roll this hypothetical again. So are we of this agreement that Notre Dame would be placed in the coastal then? For sure. Yeah, I think it makes more sense to put them in the coastal. There's no chance that they break this up and do like some sort of pods for you or anything like that. I think that if you break it into, I think it would one reason if you're the ACC, you don't break it into pods or sort of upset, make like a master sort of schedule is I don't think that you want to wholesale redo all of the scheduling because there's 14 teams in the ACC. And as you guys know, um, Last year was the first time, for example, that Texas A&M played Georgia since joining the SEC. These conferences are so large now and that you play your conference and then you only play one or two teams from the other uh, side. So you might like Notre Dame. It's not going to see Notre Dame played Miami in 2017 and we play five to six ACC teams a year. And Notre Dame's not going to see Miami again until 2024 if they don't play him uh, this Here- year. Here's the simplest reason why they would put Notre Dame in the coastal. And it's the same reason why Florida state's in the Atlantic and Miami's in the coastal. It's because they, well, they thought Miami and Florida state be battling it out for the ACC championship game. That's why they split them up. They thought that that was what that was going to work. That that, enough times where they would both be, you know, the, the top dogs in the conference where it'd make for a great uh, conference championship game. They had no idea how terrible their ACC championship game would be <laughs> for years and years. I mean, it's just terrible. Make so sure you insert a sad trombone sound in the, uh, yeah. the posts. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that, I'm not that talented. Uh, but so just looking at it from just this year's standpoint, you know, who's going to be ranked higher than Notre Dame besides Clemson start of the season. Like, honestly, what ACC team is better than Notre Dame other than Clemson? Well, North Carolina. <laughs> oh, are we talking recruiting or are we talking actual games played on the field? Yes. Oh, games it's the same the field thing. on this podcast, sir. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be within it would be in the AC if they're going to do this. So they're going to let Notre Dame play in the ACC championship game. They're not stupid. They're going to line it up for Notre Dame to have that chance and that, you know, even if Notre Dame loses to Clemson or say even Clemson loses to Notre Dame, that still gives them the chance. I would say each one to still win their division and make it to the championship game. That's, that's a real possibility. So I just, I, I just think that's an easy, that's an easy decision for the ACC to make uh, because of those two factors. This is a way to get what would be the two best teams out of these 15 to even though they play each other to possibly play again in a championship game because Clemson playing a, 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 you know, an undefeated Clemson playing a 
three or four, you know, three loss, you know, Miami team ain't gonna mean shit. No, nothing. No, they see that every year. When was the last time a coastal division team won the ACC? I think it. <sighs> I think it goes back to Georgia Tech. Maybe I was gonna say Georgia. There was Tech. a three. There was a three loss Georgia Tech team. Maybe it was 2014. 14. No, 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 no. Because no. Florida State won the coastal. I don't know. It's been a hot ass minute since <laughs> the team from that that side because Miami's never won the division since joining the ACC. Well, uh, they Virginia, no, they have. Or, or not? They, sorry, they, my, they never won the conference. They've won. They they right. won the division when they, they won got it twice. It. One yeah. time they were in. Uh, they were on probation, so they couldn't go to the the championship game. Uh, but uh, twenty seventeen. Yeah. So the the list of uh, ACC champions. So Clemson has won it every year since 2015. Yeah. Florida State won it from 12 14. Yeah. Clemson won it in 11. Virginia Tech, my friends, was in 2010. How many losses did they have? Now, Georgia Tech was the winner in 09, but it's vacated. Oh, no. Uh, but uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech was 10, 7 10 and 2 that year. Hey, look at that. Good for, yeah. uh, good for Virginia Tech. Yeah, I think Florida, they beat – uh, didn't they play – or no, it was 2009. What, what year did they play Brian Kelly? It was 2008? It was 2008 Brian Kelly won uh, the Big East with uh, Cincinnati, and uh, they lost to – I think um, Virginia Tech won an eight, right? It was a pretty I good – was, so. that, was that Marcus Vick? I don't, I don't, rem- I don't remember. The uh, 2010 gonna... Virginia Tech team got housed by Stanford in the Orange Bowl. I don't know if you remember that one, 40 to 12. Uh, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you gentlemen a list of the ACC championship game results. So yeah, you ready for this? Oh, and, I'm ready. And fuck it, I'm gonna go all the way back to to the beginning to 05. Oh boy, you ready? Yeah. Florida State. This so 05. Florida State 27. Virginia Tech 22. Where's that Wake Forest? Right, wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start over because some of these times their teams are ranked, so you get a better understanding of what it was. So let me start this over. 2005, number 22, Florida State beats Virginia Tech, ranked number five, 27, 22. That was like a Ouch. five loss. That was like a five loss team, right? Five uh, loss, four, like four, four loss. Four it was loss, like a nine yeah. and four team. Great. 2000, 2006. <laughs> this is so great. 2006, the 16th ranked Wake Forest Demon Deacons beat the 23 ranked Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets nine to six. To channel my inner, to channel my inner Ty Hildebrand, uh, that would be a Jim Grobe uh, led uh, Wake Forest. Yeah, wow. Yeah. All right, so then you have 07, number 12 BC loses to number six Virginia Tech, 30 to 16. All right. 2000, 2008, a, a 18th ranked BC loses to Virginia Tech, 30 to 12. Oh geez. The exact same game. Uh, that was a, but that was a 25th ranked Virginia. Those are some Matt Matt Ryan teams, right? Uh, so 2009, yeah, yeah. 2009, uh, the 12th ranked Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets beat the 25th ranked Clemson Tigers, 39-34. 2010, it was number 12 VT over number 20 Florida State, 44-33. 2011, no it was, yeah. <laughs> 2011, it was the 21-ranked Clemson Tigers. Crushing, Boyd. The, crushing the number five ranked Virginia Tech Hokies, thirty-eight to ten. Uh, was it? 
CJ it wasn't Spiller that 2011. Yeah. Wasn't that Clemson team the one that got housed in the bowl they, game? That? Against uh, West Virginia, and West Virginia scored what, yeah, like put up 70, 70 points. Yeah. yeah. 70, yeah. 33. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a quality one. ACC champion right there. Love it. And meanwhile, that, Virginia Tech played Michigan close in the Sugar Bowl, but I think they lost. So. All right, so let's keep this let's keep this trade going here. In 2012, 13th Florida State beat uh unranked Georgia Tech <laughs> 21 to 15. Uh 2006 and 6 Georgia Tech. Jesus. Yeah. 2013, the number 1 ranked Florida State Seminoles beat Duke ranked 20th <laughs> Duke 45 to 7. <laughs> <laughs> These are championship games. Uh, let's see. In 2014, the second-ranked Florida State Seminoles beat uh, the beat Georgia Tech, 12th-ranked Georgia Tech, 37-35. And that now comes back the the Clemson tear. Yeah. Uh, and you know that was it was for 15 to 19. That was Clemson over an eighth-ranked North Carolina team, uh, 45-37. Didn't play then anybody. Was, then it was over Virginia Tech. Uh, 19th ranked Virginia Tech, 42-35. They beat a 7th-ranked Miami team, 38-3 and 17. That's the team that we <laughs> that, lost to. Miami, 40, Miami 40, just, like, fell into that game. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 2000, 2018. Uh, well, that's, what, that's when we thought Miami Clemson was actually good. Then. They were back. He was back. Yeah. yeah. And then last year, Clemson beat Virginia, <laughs> a 22nd-ranked Virginia team, 62-17. Jeez. Absolutely. Yeah. What they're going to put Notre Dame in What the exactly are people afraid of? A good ACC championship game? My God. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, what I do know is the that the key thing here is don't be ranked number five coming into uh, into the ACC championship game. If you're ranked, <laughs> you got two five lo- two five two fives lose. A seven loss, man. An eight loss. If you were to go through and look at just in the right. last, I don't know, if you were to look in the, I think the last five years, I, Clemson's pretty much been on a tear with it. But all of the best players and best teams, and, and you can push it back, I guess, the last decade even, all of the best players and best teams have been in that Atlantic Conference because. Uh, Lamar Jackson in Louisville, those Louisville Lamar Jackson teams, there was a two run year where those Louisville teams were pretty fantastic and they had some dog fights, both with Florida State and then in 15 with Clemson. Um, right, but they're in the Atlantic, though. So. They're in the Atlantic. It, nothing in the coastal division. And I guess that would be if Notre Dame were to join the ACC, they would have to blow up the entire. Uh, and what is the, I got a response on Twitter for it because I I was fast and furious uh, posting gifts and stuff on uh, <laughs> Friday. Um, the Atlantic Division and the Coastal Division, the Coastal of what? The Allegheny. What <laughs> <laughs> the Coastal and the Atlantic Division? If Notre Dame were it's to the most join, nonsensical, they have, to, they have it's to the most nonsensical div- uh, names for them. Well, leaders and legends would like to have a word with you, but yeah. uh, well, and, and there's teams in the east and west of the SEC. There's teams that are more west than uh, teams that are in the east. But I don't know if Notre Dame were to join, they'd have to blow up the conferences and do another realignment because um, Notre Dame, you could have 
you know, Boston, they'd probably put Notre Dame in one with Boston. Oh, College, yeah, right? it would, it would give AC, it would give the ACC the chance to like, we need to redo this. You uh, can have brains <laughs> and bronze division, right? You could oh, put, Oh gosh. Well, I mean, can't, can't they just do a simple North? How about, South? how about, private, I mean, nobody, me out. You could have nobody the outside the ACC knows who the coastal teams are and who the Atlantic teams are. I, but you can get a, you, everyone knows who the SEC East and SEC West teams are though. Right. Like it's an easier, it's an easier way to think about it. You throw an Atlantic and coastal around. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Uh, it's, I think, it, I think we could easily pull off a convicts division and therefore the other one should be Catholics. Right. I think that that's right. I think that that's, that's that, that, that makes as much sense as coastal and Atlantic. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you could do public and private Jude. Let's, let's be, <laughs> let, let, let's, be, let's get on that page. But, uh, what do we got here? We got Wake Forest private, BC private, Duke's private, Miami, private. Miami's private, Notre Dame's private, uh, obviously. Georgia, Duke. Georgia yeah. Tech is not private. No. Uh, Duke. Duke's so private. You got, with Notre Dame, you got five private schools. So you take take those fi- five private schools, Georgia Tech, and probably Syracuse, right? You could also just do it north and south for the I mean, You should do it north and south. Is that would make probably, cons- but then Notre Dame would have a clear path. Once again, you get into the issue where then you're seeding it. So like a North and South would be what Notre Dame, uh, I, I North know, they, uh, the North Carolina, they, 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 North, uh, North, it would actually fall more in line with Notre Dame's like typical opponents are. So you'd have Notre yeah. Dame, probably Pitt, BC, probably Louisville, Syracuse, um, uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do something about the I don't know if you're gonna Carolinas. split up the Virginias. Yeah, the Virginias and the Carolinas. You're gonna have to to figure out. You probably uh, split up one of the Virginias. I mean, you you probably you know probably North put, Carolina uh, State's sort of the the redheaded stepchild of them, right? So they could they could join us in the north. Uh, they'd still be in the south. They'd still be. Can I, can I talk about the plus one part of this ten plus one idea? Oh yeah, are yeah. We, absolutely. Are we sure it's going to be Navy? Because because Brian Kelly was on the Dan Patrick Show talking about how the ACC has good relationships with the SEC. And there are a lot of games that are a mutual interest ACC and SEC. You like, are so possible slow that we this keep Arkansas thing, right? No, I just I'm just I'm putting yeah, it out there. You're about discussion. to say you're about to say Arkansas. You were about to say Arkansas. I don't think that Jude's wrong if he says Arkansas. I think he's well. Wrong. Let's put it this way: if no, if, if, they, if they pick if they pick Arkansas over Navy, then we've defeated the Wookiee life debt, and I think that we got to cheer for Arkansas in that pl- in that sense, oh, no, right? I definitely want it, Jude. I definitely want it. I would rather. Yeah. I would love to see that happen, but it's not going to happen. Okay. It's not. And there's no way that they do that. They're just going to give them the the carte blanche to do what they want with that extra game. Notre Dame's going to take Navy. They're not going to kick Navy to the side and play Arkansas. So there's, there's no way that there's no way that the ACC and SEC come up with a joint agreement to both play ten plus one schedules, and the crossover game is with an SEC team. No, because so, so the Josh, rest of the SEC they play somebody else. So Josh, my question to you is: Does that then open up the 2025 return trip to uh, Arkansas to Little Rock? Because Notre Dame has a 10, 2025 again, return trip. Again, to Arkansas. I don't think anything is going to be held to uh, to task for this year. If Arkansas is athletic director, I got, can't believe you fucking got, got me in a corner saying this shit. If Arkansas is <laughs> athletic director, can't understand why Notre Dame is going to play Navy rather than Arkansas, then he's not a fucking very bright person. 
because that's a long term. That's an every year school that you play. They're not going to throw that. Notre Dame's not going to throw that in the trash as much as I wish they would, but they're not going to. And if, if, if Arkansas has a bug up their ass about it, then fine. Fuck off. Notre Dame can, can schedule somebody else up. I, it's not like Arkansas, some jewel of a, you know, it's not like you're pissing off Alabama here. You're picking off Arkansas. Who fucking cares? It would make me, it would make me laugh because Michigan kicked Arkansas to the curb to put Notre Dame back on the schedule for 18 and 19. And then Notre Dame now, and then Notre Dame's like, Oh, by the way, Arkansas, fuck you too. So Arkansas had Michigan in 18, Michigan in 19, Notre Dame in 20. And all three games just got lost from their schedule. They're just sitting there like, Oh, suey. Yeah, I just thought that's what you get for being in Arkansas, right? Yeah. Just put it another way, I don't think Notre Dame cares what Arkansas says or thinks. So if they want to play, great. If they don't, they'll go find somebody else. Jack is not going to get a – he's not going to trip over himself to to get rid of the Navy game. I'm telling you. It's just – it's not happening. As much as we want it to, it's it's not happening. What if they replace Navy with a real rival like Army, though? Since we're talking about things that will never ha- will never happen, I figured we we might as well dream the whole way. So, uh, dr- <laughs> live the dream, Jude. We live the dream. Notre Dame plays a one. This the season only makes it a game, right? So twenty twenty, <laughs> they only get one game in twenty twenty. It sure is fucking shit. It's gonna be Navy. <laughs> so they cancel this, can't this bitch like mid September, and the only even in a pandemic we got it played. We got it played even in a pandemic. Mutual oh respect. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh man. That I don't know. I I'd much rather think about uh, what somebody else somebody said uh, about Notre Dame if winning the ACC championship this year and then t- hanging up a banner in the visitor's tunnel at Notre Dame stadium, like nowhere else, but the visitor's tunnel. That way the ACC team is coming in and can see that. I do love just paint the, the yeah. paint a mural of Ian book holding yeah. up like his helmet. That's the one there place. No shirt, shirt, there's no shortage of great troll jobs here. I mean, the, there is all sorts of opportunity involved with it. And that's, uh, you know, I I, I kind of got sad about this, but you know, th- this has given me a little bit of hope, even though it's I think it's a lot of false hope, uh, but it's kind of exciting to think uh, we could pull off one of the best troll jobs of all time because fans are going to lose their shit outside of outside of Notre Dame, they're absolutely going to lose their minds because as we've stated many times, no one understands any of this. They have, and even Notre Dame's own fans. Don't have any gra- Don't have like a good enough grasp about why Notre Dame's independent and why and all that. This is one of those things that's going to drive everybody insane, and I'm all for that. <laughs> what a villain flex would it be, right? Oh, this this is exactly what we were talking. This would be the the villain flex, like like this. Let's say Notre Dame loses to Clemson in the regular season. But plays them again in the ACC championship game and beats them. I don't know if there's a better scenario. I don't even know if beating them twice would be a better scenario than that. That is a solid, solid troll job. 
No, yeah, beating them in the ACC championship and taking the trophy is definitely the, yeah, be- the best about, circumstance. If, if there is a playoff, that would end it for them. You're not going to the playoff now. Yeah. Because you, well, you would go to the playoff in place because you won the ACC. You're the ACC champion representative that beat Clemson. <laughs> I mean, Clemson would not be going. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like you beat Notre Dame on the road. You're undefeated. Now you got to play them again in the ACC championship game. Beating a team is so brilliant. Beating and everyone a team twice like, is so hard. Like when Florida and Florida State played back to back years, or back they played in final game and then they met again in the, the bowl game. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to do. Well, I just, no. wasn't it like John Feinstein who was saying on Twitter this week that the that Notre Dame was was too afraid to play in the ACC championship game, and that's why they they came to a limited agreement with the ACC because they didn't want to be full members. Yeah, that's the reason we were worried about playing Clemson, the, the same Clemson team that's on our schedule this year. <laughs> right, right, and because th- the ACC championship game is just full of pitfalls, right? <laughs> yeah, where you can we lose just, by a billion just, points and get invited to the Orange Bowl. Yeah, sounds yeah. like a real tough game. Yeah, we're we're scared of making things easier. That's what it that's what it boils down to. That's why they schedule games uh, in Evanston one week, uh, New York City the next week, then yeah. take a trip to San, uh, you know, to, to San Diego, and I don't know. It's this whole thing, I do you think we're gonna? You guys think we're gonna get uh, any kind of? Uh, I mean, it's got to be this week, right? Like I think that's what week, the report. We have to get end of the month. I think I think that's what they said. Is end of the month is we're going to get some sort of reports. Maybe I'll be sitting in the hospital, uh, rocking my newborn, and uh, the ACC schedule will drop. Because I think right now they're just hammering out. Because the big thing is, what is no, does Notre Dame get to play in the Orange Bowl? What do the bowl arrangements look like? What does the revenue sharing look like if Notre Dame right. joins the ACC? That's the scuttlebutt right now. Um, but I, yeah, I think I think they said um, that it's the end of the month where all of this stuff has to kind of be finalized. So, Jude, what's your what's your prediction? What do, I mean, what do you think is going to happen this week, though? I. Look, I think there's there's something to the the Freeman McMurphy report, if I can call it that, which is that, you know, this is the direction I think that they're going to go in where they're going to do a, a 10 plus one. And, and um, you know, I think it's pretty safe to announce that this week. And then the it'll be just interesting to see, you know, the, the details that are hammered out. And I don't know. You know, I think it makes sense if you're going to let Notre Dame play 10 games against ACC opponents who – allow them to be in a division and allow them to compete for the ACC championship for one year. But I think it's all moot because we're never going to get there. So I think it's kind of a free option. You know, it's, it's sort of no, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of like RSVPing for a party that you know is never going to, is that actually going to pan out? And then you look like the good guy. Cause you were like, Hey, I said, yes, it's their fault that they canceled. You know, I didn't want to go, but now that they canceled, that's on them. Right. Uh, that happened to me one summer when I thought about when I held a party, uh, literally 102 degrees uh, that day. Uh, I thought it'd be, that'd be a good day to have a pool party. Uh, my sisters were the only ones that showed up. <laughs> like, like, like blood won out that day. You know, everybody else uh, were texting all morning. Like, like, well, we're going to go ahead and do, we got something else that we forgot we needed to do. 
Like, no one just flat out said, you fucking dipshit. It's 102 degrees outside. We're not coming to hang out outside. Yeah, but my my example is more like um, I agree to your 102 degree party, even though I have no intention of coming. And I, you know, I'm going to be dr- so you're drag the kicking asshole and texting about different plans that morning. No, 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 no. But I don't bail on you. You flinch first and you say, oh, okay. hey, man, it's 102 degrees. I think I'm going to shut this down. You're like, oh, yeah, good call. I, I would have been there. I-, I had dip and everything. But, uh, you know, and I then you're just you're you're playing you're chicken. Cheating. You're, yeah, you're teasing. I think I've had a couple of dates. About the fact, you know, oh, hit me up next time, buddy. Uh, you know, I was so so ready to come to this one. You know, yeah, I think I had a couple of planned dates uh, in my younger days that uh, worked out that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then there's always going to be the instance where you get Jack Trippered, and you thought that you were going to end up having to do that. Next thing you know, you're playing a full ten game ACC schedule. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're you're hoisting this trophy up in the air, not knowing what the hell you're gonna do with it. Brian Kelly's looking for some sort of orifice that he can put a liquid in to drink from. He's like, "What the hell's going on here? Give me a po- Jack, get me a power drill. We're putting it like, an look, orifice. if I can't if I can't drink out of it or take it and beat somebody with it, uh, then what use of it is to me." Yeah. Jack, grab a bottle of uh, Jameson. We're going to luge this motherfucker. As he <laughs> sets up a booze luge with the AZZ trophy. <laughs> I mean, they, it's got the that, that plexiglass that's thing around, right? Yeah. So you, just, so you drill some holes at the top there, fill it up with, you know, fill up with booze. You can start doing like upside down kamikazes. Uh, you got all sorts of different things you can do with that thing. I mean, it's probably too heavy to wear as a necklace like uh like a maui mike reprise but with don't, brian you try. With brian Kelly. don't you try don't you try though absolutely yeah especially it if you play his miami own in the turnover chain yeah if you play does miami the football, in the, does the ACC football come off game? the trophy does yes the football, the football does come it does come off oh the yeah well, so there you, we go there you go you put that football on a chain and then you when you're not wearing it you just put it on top of the trophy i'd be if i was kelly if you would do that the whole next year you're just wearing that around how about, I mean, how this, about you, is this how when about, we get the shirtless Brian Kelly though to 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 go with the shirtless Bray? I don't know, Brett, but I I just told you what your next Photoshop project is for the <laughs> for the artwork for this podcast is a uh, possibly one shirtless of those deals Brian where, Kelly where, where you guys know. How about one one of those deals where you guys know ahead of time that when you throw that football across the room, the other guy who is quote unquote open is actually not going to catch it and it's going to smash against the wall. And you're like, <laughs> Oh, Oh, whoops. Did we do that? <laughs> oh, this is awkward. I just think, I just think if this whole thing does go, this is going to be one of the most, it's a, it's a weird time to be alive. Is all I'm saying. This could get extremely interesting uh, and fun in a hurry. But it's again, it's one of those. It's fun because if it does happen, we still know it's just a one-year thing. Like we're not going to be relegated into the ACC Coastal, uh, which is in a an abyss of hell uh, for the next ten years. But you're not forced to play Duke every year. Uh, it seems like it right now. What that would be like having. T- this is why I hate sort of conferences. Is can you imagine having to play these shit like having to play Duke every single year and just how depressing it would be to have Duke on your schedule every year? 
Conferences I mean, are the worst. If you're in the coastal, you you got to go to Virginia Tech every other year. How many times can they get Metallica to show up on their Jumbotron? <laughs> and still and still get their asses handed to them. Every time. <laughs> like what what are they gonna do at Blacksburg when we show back up? Like what do you what are you gonna say? The everyone based that entire game off of a fucking five minute intro that happens fifteen minutes before the game. The Notre Dame. You're not going to be able to handle this. You're not going to be able to handle this intro that has before the coin flip. Ridiculous. Maybe maybe they play different parts of the Sandman and not just the intro. <laughs> maybe they need to start going to different parts of it. Maybe they just play different Metallica songs. <laughs> I mean, then you, then you put senior citizens up on a jumbo trial. Like, that's supposed to be scary. I... <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get, don't get it. I and I, you know, and I, I'll still trash. I'll trash everything about that. Because number one, it's a trash Metallica song. It just is. It's not good. There's hundreds of other ones. Or not hundreds. There's a there. I think I said once there's at least fifteen better songs. And I actually made up a list of fifteen better songs that they could use instead of that. It'd be better. And, and that's all fine and dandy. And yeah, they get a little bit excited, but. People were literally picking Virginia Tech to win because of an intro. Like that was the only analysis given. Yeah, the but only, don't you know they had the some environment? Ridiculous. They had some Kansas transfer quarterback. It was the fact that the Metallica was going to be on the Jumbotron. Yeah, because their starting quarterback isn't that the team that lost to an FCS school and had their quarterback like break his femur two weeks before, and they lost to an FCS school. What is it? Was it was it the Gardner and the Web? Who was the FCS school that beat them? Bethune Cookman. What what are we talking about here with Virginia Tech? That squad that their name blew out in the second half. I I don't get oh, it. What? No, that was Old the Dominion. Or, Old Dominion. Yeah. There we go. No, they're they're Division One. They're one A. Are they? Is Old Dominion one A? Good for that. Oh yeah, they're Conference uh, USA. I think. Good for them. Good for them. They're really they're leading their best life. <laughs> but I, th- I think the spread was like thirty. It was like thirty some points. But anyway, but yeah, this is the kind of nonsense you'd have to deal with every year. Uh, you know, I guess I, I mean just looking at it from like a basketball perspective, I have gotten a little bit. I have nostalgic for the Big East. You know, like when we're playing like Clemson or I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get the excitement of Duke, playing Duke in North Carolina, but there was, there's a nostalgia that sets in with me about playing, uh, you know, Big East teams of basketball, you know, when we were, we were part of that. And I kind of get, I don't say bored, but I'm just kind of like, yeah, uh, 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 I don't even know. <laughs> now, put that, and that's basketball. Put that over into a football side. And I'm just going to put my hands up in there. I just, I just don't get it. I mean, I'm still pissed that, you know, about not playing Michigan State every year. Imagine joining the ACC. You you may see Michigan State once every 20 years. You'd only see uh, them in bowl games at that point. Because if know. you go, if you join the ACC, because here's what happens if Notre Dame joins the ACC. Like, logistically, it's super conference time. Because then the ACC expands out to... Um, Notre Dame joins, and then instead of being a 14-team league, then they're a 15-team league. Does that mean that they have to add another team so they become a 16-team They wouldn't have to. League? I've actually thought about this quite a bit. And I would hope 
because this is a you know a Cincinnati podcast. Yeah, it's a Cincinnati Jason. <laughs> they can join the Big yeah. Twelve. Would be my hope. No, well, no, I would say if 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 Notre Dame was to go to the ACC and say, "Hey, we'll join if uh, you bring along Cincinnati too." Don't they? Hey, don't they jump on that? If don't they jump all over that? So you can get more Moeller and Xavier kids, maybe. I mean, because um, number one, Cincinnati is a better football team than seventy percent of the Wake Forest ACC, anyways. And they have a great basketball program, which is what the ACC is all about. I just, I just, I hate seeing Cincinnati getting screwed over like they are. And I think it's funny that West Virginia got fucked over like they did and was forced to go to the Big Twelve because the ACC said they were weren't smart enough to be in the conference. It's uh, I don't know if if you're the ACC, you might. You could you could add Cincinnati, but wouldn't you rather? I mean, we're really getting into the weeds here, but wouldn't you rather add someone like a Houston, and then you can expand to no, the? No, I think that I think that thought process is out the window. I think the, I think they'd be more likely to grab West Virginia if it wasn't Cincinnati. Honestly, it pluck West Virginia out of the Big Twelve. Yeah, just like like all right, you you did your purgatory. Uh, you can, you and can, I think you if you're West Virginia, if you're West Virginia, you want to get on board with. Oh, the, oh if you're West Virginia, you jump all. I mean, that that's like your dream scenario. Is, is the ACC come calling like, like yeah, well, well you're able you wanna, to reinvigorate some of those historical rivalries that you oh, had yeah. from the yeah Big East the backyard days. brawl between Pittsburgh and West Virginia for sure. Yep, I mean, true. maybe you did Virginia, Virginia Tech. Your whole travel budget gets realigned. Uh, you know, it's not like West Virginia is just crawling with money. You can make up a rivalry with Notre Dame and West Virginia too, harkening back to the the '80s uh, bowl game uh, showdowns too. I mean, and West Virginia is a cool place to play. I mean, motherfuckers are burning couches. They well, got. They a, did. That's they your. That's your. Problem. That's your Michigan State East Lansing bias coming through. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, West Virginia is uh, basically Michigan State. I mean, they're yeah. they're the same team. They're same the same school. Right. Look at look at the couch burning. Yeah. Look at the way that well, I, it, it it is. I, I if we stumbled upon anything tonight, uh, we I think we definitely stumbled upon the fact that West Virginia and Michigan State are the same program. <laughs> uh, at, at the very least, um, the the head football coach of West Virginia and head football coach uh, of Michigan State both did a hell of a job in bringing the Michigan program to a screeching halt. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Look, before we get out of here, we actually, I, I did want to bring up uh, another topic real quick. Notre Dame recruiting. They did uh, since the last podcast, got a couple commitments, got a, uh, a four star or excuse me, three star, four star. Ha ha. Uh, got a star quarterback out of California and chance Tucker. Uh, and then they did get a four-star uh, offensive lineman from Indiana. Um, uh, 2022? <laughs> yeah. What's, sorry. Joey Tenona. Sorry. Total mind blank. So things things aren't uh, as bleak as they seem. Uh, they are picking up numbers. Uh, Notre Dame's board right now. And just look, 2022, Joey Tenona was the first commitment. And there was a ton of offers for 2022 that went out over the last month. Like it's starting to ramp up now. Uh, I'm almost starting to believe that Notre Dame is conceding a little bit to 2021 
Remember, remember Brendan, when I brought that up, uh, you know, maybe they should kind of concede 2021 a little bit and hold on to some of those numbers, you know, whatever it may be, and, you know, make 2022 a shining gold star uh, that kind of has that kind of feel right now. It, at least in my eyes, not, not saying that they just gave up on it, but I mean, what else is going on? <laughs> you know, with the, with the 2021 class, we're waiting for Rocco Spindler to break everyone's hearts. Uh, and stay oh, don't say that. Oh, yeah. don't say that. I, don't, don't McGregor us, please. I was, <laughs> I was, I was on the Will Shipley ain't coming here train about a week before. Yes, you were. I can, I can attest to that. You can too. We saw. About a week, and I was hardcore on him coming up until I, I did a, did a one. I, I have the same feel of Spindler. I just. Something about this class just is not adding up, and it's 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 not good. <laughs> it's definitely not good. I I don't know what what else to say. Not great, Bob. This is the uh, this is the remnant of the mo- the monkey paw that you got for yeah. uh, canceling Wisconsin and Lambo. <laughs> that is exactly. Uh, I will I will pay that price. <laughs> we are reaping what you sowed, Josh. Speaking of uh, of 2022 recruiting, did you guys see the scholarship chart that I threw up for 2022? I did. I did, did not. You, did you happen to notice the number? this gigantic gap linebacker. uh, at linebackers? Yeah. Yes. And I, it's almost assured that there will be linebacker attrition this, I don't know, extended uh, – extended fall i don't know what it is but we probably would have had some linebacker attrition um this spring if the spring had been allowed to progress unimpeded because they signed so many kids um you know there's there's so many sophomores uh, as of right now 2022 as of right now you have a fifth year senior in jack lamb yep and then you have Four seniors with a fifth-year eligibility in Jack Kaiser, Asita Equinu, Maris Luafau, and J.D. Bertrand. That's five linebackers with only two years of eligibility max. You know, in 2023, you're gonna you're gonna have four linebackers, and that's it. it, it <laughs> I mean, this isn't this isn't something that came out of nowhere. Like Notre Dame did not recruit a linebacker last year. That's like I realize that, we realized that you went like hardcore, you know, the year before with Kaiser and Equinu and Louisville and Bertrand. I mean, so hardcore were guys like Louisville and Bertrand. There was talk of gray shirting, but you still have to get them. I mean, you still have to get one or two even. You can't walk into this where all of a sudden there's going to be a year where you got nothing but sophomores and freshmen. That's just a fucking recipe. It's not like we're getting five. We're not like we're getting a couple men I every year or a right. Jalen Smith. Every Smith. Year. It's just, yeah, that's just not happening. So when Prince Kali ends up picking Louisville oh, over Notre God. Dame this year, which is generally the trending direction, what are you doing? <laughs> so I, and Pete Sampson alluded to this on, on the Shamrock. I was going to bring that after, up. After, after, uh, Clark Lee got off the phone, uh, yeah. but talk about him being a head coach and just talk about recruiting chops. 
does Clark Lee have the recruiting chops to be a head coach at Notre Dame? And I'm looking at his position group right now, and I'm like, no, he is a wonderful coach. And I think he's going to be a hell of a head coach. I mean, honestly, the man has a uh, just a, a one of a kind, you know, brain. But what that brain's doing in linebacker recruiting, I just cannot, I cannot tell you. I, 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 and I don't see, I, people talk about Justin Walters, maybe moving to linebacker. Okay. There's one, maybe, but then you're, you know, you look at it at your safety depth chart. That's pretty low. I mean, I suppose you can move a couple corners, which is, I, there seems like a lot of movement there. Isn't it easier to just go after some linebackers, uh, which was what they said they were doing. They were going to stop recruiting safeties to be linebackers. They're recruiting linebackers for linebackers. And, but they haven't been, they haven't done that at all since they said that. They could have had Cody Simon and we wouldn't be wringing our hands like this, right? Exactly. They could have had Cody Simon. Just that one extra in. body makes it, just that one extra body there. And makes all the difference on Irish illustrated this week. Um, Pete, sort of flippantly mentioned the fact he was like, yeah, I know listeners and I get what he's saying. Cause when you have a guest on, you don't want to like put them on blast. But the question I wanted Pete Sampson or Fortuna, who Fortuna was never going to ask it, but the one question I wanted Pete Sampson to ask um, Clark Lee was what are you, do- I'd like to know what you're doing at the linebacker position recruiting. And we, we mentioned it with singer. We mentioned it with Carter Carl's, what are you doing recruiting that position? Because it's a lot like it was with linebacker where it just, it, it seems like willful negligence. Yeah. Just a better explanation uh, might go a long ways. Now there, and this isn't out of the realm of possibility. Notre Dame, you know, cause they tried this with like, um, uh, with like Kona Schwenke. Uh, and they were going to try to do this with, uh, with Jameer Jones you know, where they were going to say, hey, we're going to redshirt you this year, you know, to get an extra year, year of eligibility. You know, they could do that with like a Bo Bauer or a Shane Simon this year. Does Bo you know, Bauer you know I mean? want to sit around and wait to get his turn or does he want to go I somewhere and start? Look, Just because right you now, named your dog after him doesn't mean he wants to. Right. Well, and I thought about that. So as of right now, Bo Bauer is out of eligibility after the 2021 season. So let's just say this year's starting linebackers are Drew White, Rosie uh, Formoa, uh, and Jordan Jim Markeith. And you're you're putting Bowers in on a little bit of a you know, little bit of a rotation. But you hold him back one more year and you flip over to 2022. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He he's he's got a full year where he could be the starter. It does. I mean, does that make sense to him? I mean, Shane Simon's coming back from a pretty bad injury. You know, that would kind of make sense a little bit for maybe him to sit out for a whole season. Uh, you know, Paul Moala is probably a, a I, mean, I just don't know. I mean, I'm just saying they, they were trying, they tried to do that with Jameer Jones, who this wasn't a put, he was going to be a guy that would be in the rotation if they weren't trying to hold a, a year of eligibility up. Until we would have had, we would have had, if Dalen Hayes would have stayed healthy, it would have been Jameer Jones instead, but now we have Dalen Hayes, right? Jude, so that's, Jude, Jude, what do you, th- Jude, what do you think? Do you think that's something that they're, they're probably going to end up doing because of the way they recruited? I, I don't know, man. 
I I hadn't given it a lot of thought before we started talking about it tonight. So uh, it's just it's a hell of a situation as you if you as you pointed out. So there's something d- drastic needs to be done. I I agree, but I I don't know what the solution is. Okay, it's just that's where Notre Dame's recruiting is at right now. Yeah, uh, 2021 is going to be uh, it's still very much hinging on uh, Rocco Spindler and everything else other than him is just kind of like dressing. Um, I mean, honestly, it's, it's dressing. I, I don't think Prince Cully is coming to Notre Dame. Uh, otherwise you could throw him in the, in the Rocco Spindler. You know, I, I, for perception wise, Spindler is a bigger recruit than Cully, but actual for the team, what you need, Prince Cully is a bigger recruit than Spindler. Yes. But you have to win. I mean, Spindler's the half to win, right? He's the big enchilada after Tyler Buckner. And he was the one that's left of all the offensive linemen that you were talking about in the spring before, you know, COVID hit. He's the, the last one. Standing. He's yeah. the last one. Yeah. He's the last one standing. All right. Uh, one other thing I want to touch on just real fast here is uh, Bruce Feldman came out with a freaks list uh, as he does every year. Um, Notre Dame got two players on his freaks list, which, which is a pretty big deal. Have, you know, ha- having two guys on, uh, on this 50 man list because he, I, I think Bruce does a really good job here in, you know, combing the country, uh, you know, for talent on this list. Uh, but he had Kyle Hamilton ranked number nine and, uh, and Wu Tang, uh, ranked uh, 37. So that's pretty cool. But a, a few other names on this list that, that popped up on me were, Names that Notre Dame lost to in recruiting. Uh, that's running back Master Teague. Uh, Ohio State. <laughs> that's the name. Uh, Ohio State. Uh, linebacker Micah Parsons with Penn State. Uh, defensive end Jason Owe was a big recruiting battle at Penn State that we lost out on. He's ranked number four on this list. Um, yes. And that's huge. But So Owe and then the one that was even closer recruiting in uh, as far as recruiting battle goes, that's right. Number 14th on this list is Kyler Gordon, yep. uh, cornerback mm-hmm. at Washington. God, so, how many Washington losses? Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, quite a... the position and it's just brutal. Stuff. Julius Irvin, Asa yep. Turner, Asa Turner, Braylon Trice. I'll take a Zia Foskey. Jaylen, that's a nice Jaylen win. Jalen McMillan. Uh, there was a, uh, safety. He's a, uh, what was his name? It was a big, he's in the, he's in the NFL now. I can't think of his name for the life of me. He was a pretty good player for Washington. Uh, Notre Dame's had, a, had more than a few. They've had, it's, uh, they've lost out on quite a few to Washington. Um, we got Foskey though. Did get we Foskey. did get Foskey. You got Foskey. And I like, and I like, we got, Jordan and we got Chance Tucker. We got Chance Tucker. Yep. Got Jack. So you know if you're if you're if you're like pissed off because it's another three star, well this is another th- this is another defensive back that that Jimmy Lake wanted at Washington and Notre Dame won. So you know if you need something to hold on to something good, you you can hold on to that I suppose right. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, I think we've come to the end of the show here because I heard uh, a very loud yawn from June. So sorry. So hey, listen, this is what's going on here. Okay. My wife made me start working out with her and I hate 
freaking hate this. Okay. And so this morning we were up early working out and it's my second day and everything hurts and I want to die. And, and I'm so mad at myself for eating like an idiot for the last three months during quarantine. So, um, that's why I'm tired. Also it's midnight oh. at my time. So yeah. Apologies to everyone. I mean, you did not get up at noon 30 like I did today. Yeah, you didn't get I up. did not. I got up at uh, 630. So my son was asking for something. I can't even remember what. But, you know, the other thing, not to get too personal about this, but like, you, you know, you drink a lot of water for these, like, you know, to, to keep your hunger pangs down or whatever. And so now you just all you do is just go to the bathroom all the time. So even if I, if it wasn't a, some kid bothering me, I'm sure it was going to be my need to uh, <laughs> go yeah. for lack of a better chance. Yeah, go take a leak. It's all right. Yeah. We're all adults here. That's right. Brandon, so don't, don't, gotta, age, don't age. Don't get to 40, man. It just uh, Everything stops working the way it should. So. You know what? I'll make sure that I, I, uh, I'll, put, I'll, put a, I'll put a shot clock on it, and I'll make sure that I die in four years uh, when I'm 39. I'm, I'm not recommending that, but if you could find a no. way to Benjamin Button this whole thing, or oh, I don't know. I, uh, well, they'll probably say, figure out aging before then, right? Yeah. I don't know. Like, like The hour and a half we've uh, sat here in the podcast, my knees feel like they are just – going to explode. That's what getting over the age of 40 means. Probably uh, going to rain then, right? No, it's just... If I have to sit down for, for over an hour, like driving now is excruciating. And we're oh, about, yeah. We're dri- uh, driving out to Maine next year. Um, and, you know, normally a, a 12, 13-hour drive is no big deal to me, or wouldn't have been in the past. Uh, now I'm like, man, can I, can I go that long? Uh, I'm going to have to take like cortisone shots or something. And I, otherwise it's like booze and I'm told that's illegal. Uh, <laughs> when, you're, when you're driving. Yes. Yeah. I was told oh. you cannot, you cannot drink, uh, while you're driving. So there that's goes that. Wide yeah. Well, yeah. So, I think about the fact so that like, wives pretty wise. When I was uh, 22 years old, I drove from Cape Cod to Notre Dame nonstop, which is just shy of a thousand miles. And um, and I was just like, you know, just running on energy. And I, now I think about the idea of any kind of 14 hour trip. And I'm like, how many days are we breaking this up over? Where where am I staying? Like, am I going to go to my parents first, you know, so I can like get a good night's sleep and then get back on the road? 14 hour trips. It, it sounds like it sounds like a nightmare. The last, the last few times I've had to drive that long, I've had, it's, I've drove down to, to Raleigh when my, my brother-in-law who's now at Notre Dame, when he was teaching at uh, NC state. Um, so he, they were living down in Holly Springs, North Carolina, which is a fucking gorgeous. I, I don't know what I realize it's Notre Dame, but why would you leave here? It, it was, it's such a gorgeous <laughs> town, great place to live. Uh, but for, surprisingly, I loved the drive there because once you get out of Ohio and into West Virginia, it is a pain in the ass through the mountains, but it still, it keeps you going. Like I'm not getting bored. Like Ohio, you're driving down to Dayton and then from Dayton all the way across the, the Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio border, there's fucking nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. It's a speed limit of like 55, uh, but there's no, and four lanes. Like why is it 55 and there's four lanes there's no cops. So like you're constantly like 
debating like, should I just go 70, 75? Just the, I don't, it, it was, but I like, I like the drive. I like, I liked that drive. That was the last couple of times I like four or five times I, I drove that long was just those trips. I just don't know if I could do it now. It's just, <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, Jude, you got anything left to uh, add here? Yes. Um, we had a, we had a death in our Notre Dame family and I, I think it would be remiss if we didn't, if we didn't mention it. And, and of course speak of, uh, Jessica Smetana's dog, Lily, who uh, passed away, unfortunately today. So our thoughts and prayers are with, with Jessica and, and I, I guess the family of Regis Philbin, who also passed away at 88 years old recently. He was actually a Notre Dame grad. So he's being buried and, at the university as well. Buried at Notre Dame. Oh, and uh, Isaac Rochelle got engaged. Uh, so congratulations, Isaac Rochelle. Not that he's going to listen to this, but he might. I don't if know. You, he might. If you see him on social media, not on a Saturday. He's one he of the millions did. of people that download the podcast. So I if, take, you, if you see, he takes Saturdays <laughs> off. But if you see Isaac Rochelle, tell him to listen to the One Foot Down podcast. Tell him, tell him you're missing a good podcast. Hey man, those guys love you. I hope that's the next five star review. It's from Isaac Christopher Brendan. Rochelle. Brendan, yeah. you got to uh, add here since this is going to be the last podcast before the birth of your next child uh yeah from from here on out i will be a uh I, this is my last podcast as a, a father of two children um no i, jude, I don't yeah jude jude you're two you're a two pop two pop kid right or two yeah yeah i i, I believe in zero population growth so i uh oh yeah two when we shut it down I, I always i keep thinking that you're always at three so i'm the the kid all right, so Brendan's getting on my level. Yeah, I'm getting on your level. It's you and me, oh, Josh, okay. versus the world. <laughs> <laughs> there's about a million and a half. There's about a million millennials that aren't going to add anything to the population. So it's my children that are going to pay the taxes that enable them to receive Social Security and Medicare. Uh, so it's you and me, Josh, that are keeping this train going. It's a good thing I'm going to die young. <laughs> <laughs> like, like 68 is young uh that's probably what i'm gonna catch so you guys got like 26 more years uh of me oh so you'll get to see tommy reese's entire coaching tenure then oh yeah i'll see a couple all of, of, his, of his national championships all championship. those national championships without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. yeah that's great will we still be doing the podcast when you're 68 i think i so. don't see why not <laughs> all right <laughs> We'll be using the uh, Elon Musk just patented a, uh, a machine to put music straight into your head. So I can't wait until I have the uh, music player implanted in my head. And then automatically in my brain, I can have uh, U2 uh, CDs installed in my brain. See, so. it always comes back to that Shark Tank episode that I keep talking about where I laughed about <laughs> the guy wanting to put the Bluetooth in the ear. And I, when I first saw that, I'm like, these guys are fucking crazy. No one wants to put, and no, and they didn't, they didn't invest. But now as I'm older and I, and I use my, my wireless Bluetooth earbuds all the time, I'm like, it would be much simpler if I just had that implant. I would be lining up for that. My, uh, my wife uses, my wife uses these, um, somebody's going to know what the correct term is. They're headphones that you use underwater and they're like, um, they, they go on like your temples. Bones seashells. Uh, they're called seashells. Uh, it's from the hit uh, uh, book uh, Fahrenheit 451. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> you, it, it goes through. Uh, I'm not explain. I'm explaining this so poorly, but 
it like the music, the, the vibrations actually help you hear the music underwater because it's but, going, it's not in your ears. It's like against your temples or something. Like, Marky, you know Mark, good vi- Marky Mark, good vibration. Yes. Yes. Or Beach Boys, if you prefer. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. Bone conduction. I knew I wasn't crazy. Bone conduction ear headphones. Look them up, folks. Hmm. Anyways. I never so those would be good for like the shower then, right? I knew. I'm always afraid to get in the shower. I, like I'm listening to a podcast and getting ready and like I'm going to get in the shower and I'm like. Oh, you don't have a little shelf? Oh, you don't have. I put them up on the little shelf. I put them up. I have a waterproof. uh, When my car car got stolen and I had to hunt down the people that stole my car. um, I mean, I have a little I have a little Bluetooth speaker like that's that's waterproof that we take to the beach. And I I could put it in there, I suppose. But I mean, it's just a pain in the ass. Like I'm literally like doing something and I'm like walking in. That means I would have to like change it over to another. (laughs) Come on, guys. I mean, so it's just like you need. Is this like the, the which member of the Bone Thugs and Harmony is this one? Is it Flesh and Bone <laughs> or is it Crazy bone? bone? Is it busy? It, no, it's lazy, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe I am singing that in the shower. I mean, <laughs> well, you are now. That's the month, baby. <laughs> it's ninety nine. Oh. What do you know? Oh man! Boom, 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 boom. Oh, oh they 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 rest directly on your cheekbones. I got that way wrong. Well, anyways, so it gets to your cheekbones to your eardrums. Yeah, and then you can really get those subtle notes of Josh Jude and myself. There you go. If you are listening to this podcast on bone conduction headphones, please include that in your next re- next five star review. How about that? Yeah, I'd like to know. I'd like to know. <laughs> that would, uh, hey, guys, I listen to you all doing endless laps in the YMCA, which is shockingly not busy right now. I would love to do. That's what I'm saying. I would I would I'm going to look into these because that would be something for me I, when I'm out in my pool. My wife swears by them. So, all right. I, I'm going to uh, maybe maybe you just sold me. It, it, it doesn't take much. <laughs> I was a salesman. I was a salesman for years and one of the uh, for a long, long time. And for one of the things that uh, that we used to say is you, you could always sell a salesman. Now, you could always, <laughs> you know, even though you know it's full of shit, you like the sale. You know what I mean? You like if you like if you sell if you sell it like, all right, man, you did your job. I'll, I'll move by this. I, I don't know why it's true, but it, it, it and I didn't think it would be going to be true, uh, but it definitely is true. I talked to a salesman who knows his shit. I'll buy from him. I may not even want the product. Oh, yeah, sure. That doesn't mean come to my house. Uh, <laughs> for the and that's record. How, and that's how Notre Dame I have not put a new you. roof on my house this year. Stay the fuck away. And that's how Notre Dame sold you on a T-shirt with the USCS on the front chest. They sold uh, they, with a PowerPoint presentation of what each each individual part. Each um, rocket red glare on the back. That's, that's not a salesman. That's th- Those are cult leaders. By the way, my wife, we were wearing our shirts because my we're wife. terrible people. Uh, my wife. And uh, <laughs> I, I commented on the fact that I was like, it's so dumb that we have the USC ass on the chest. And she goes, well, yeah, we stole it from them because they haven't beat us in the three years. And I was like, oh, shit. And then it just it changed the way I looked at that shirt forever. I actually – I would have wanted to marry her myself if she said, yeah, Lou Holtz brought it to us and it's tradition now. 
<laughs> Which is always the truth. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks again for listening. And again, get those uh, get those ratings and reviews over there at the Apple Podcast, and check everything we're doing out at OneFootDown.com. Lost a shitload of Twitter followers on at uh, OneFootDown uh, on Twitter. My dad even unfollowed me. Oh boy. <laughs> I followed the account the other day. Must must have been pissed off about that mask comment. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so for all of us, uh, go Irish. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.